dear friends, good morning. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our C2 service here at Community Church, where by the grace of God, we are all welcomed, we are all affirmed, and we all are loved. And that is a wonderful, wonderful blessing for us all. I thank you all for braving the, the storms to come. I hope, wish you all well uh, as we get through them together. But you're going to be very, very glad that you're here this morning because you are exactly where God wants you to be this morning, right at this very, very moment. We have some beautiful, uplifting music today. It is our communion Sunday, so we will be breaking bread together. And uh, we, we will be talking today about belief and about faith, and, and how important that is for us to trust in what Jesus is telling us to do. So why don't we start this morning with our trust and our worship of God. For all who are willing and able, would you please rise and let us uh, raise our worship and voice together, praising God here this morning.
Please be seated. Wow, God is so good. Todd, that new guitar sounds really good on you, buddy. It's my very, Google very guitar. Nice. It's beautiful. We got a new keyboard up here, man. God it looks is, like God Google. Is wonderful. Would you join me in a moment of prayer, friends? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for all of the blessings that you bestow on us here in this place and as we go about on our way. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the rain, Lord. We thank you for everything that you provide that helps us to grow, that helps us to strengthen our faith, that helps us to resonate with you the best that we possibly, possibly can. We ask this morning, Lord, that you allow us to have the courage to listen to the call that you bring to us and to be faithful in the way that we respond to it. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Let us continue our reflection and our prayer this morning with some beautiful music, thinking about exactly what God has called us to do in our lives. Safe, oh, I could be safe here in your arms and never leave 
consuming fire burning holy flame with glory and freedom our God is only righteous judge ruling over us with kindness and wisdom we will keep our eyes on you we will keep our Good. Right. 
I truly sometimes am at a loss for words at the joy that I feel to be able to come to a place where there are vessels of the Spirit that channel the presence of God so clearly that it just kind of wraps you up like a warm hug. Do you guys feel that? God is present here with us right now. What a beautiful feeling. Friends, why don't we take a moment to share that feeling, to greet somebody that we haven't talked to in a while, to meet somebody new, and share this beautiful gift that God has given to us today. May the peace of Christ be with you all. Friends, while you're still greeting and uh, passing the peace of Christ with friends, I invite you to take a quick look at the bulletin this morning. Uh, I don't want to lift up too many things because we it is Communion Sunday, but everything that the church is doing is in the bulletin here, uh, and I invite you to look through it. I will lift a few things up. First, I think many of you know by now that uh, if you would like to support all of the missions and the programs that we have here at the church, we do have generosity baskets over by the door. Uh, feel free to um, uh, uh, support the church however God uh, is calling you to support the church. Uh, we also have uh, visitor cards there. If you are visiting or you'd like more information about the church, or you'd like somebody to pray with you or visit with you, uh, please take a moment to fill out one of those cards. We'd love to know all the ways that we can uh, to help uh, serve you all uh, through the grace of God. And along those lines this morning, we have um, Betsy is here this morning. She is our call to care minister this morning. Uh, she will be, hopefully weather permitting, right outside the doors here. If anybody needs to check in with her, if anybody needs a little extra prayer or, or any share any concerns, anything that you would like, um, to have help with by our call to care minister. Uh, please take the time to do that. Uh, it is very, very, very nourishing. Uh, we also have our Soul Cafe this morning. So our youth fundraisers, we do it the first of the month, every Sunday that we have communion. It is through those doors as soon as the service is over. You can get some flavored coffee, uh, some warm food, some donuts, things like that. A little bit of an upgrade um, from just our normal coffee. 
and cookies and all those all that money goes towards uh, our youth uh, mission trips um, so that's a very important thing uh, we also have um, next week is Super Bowl Sunday uh, we will be having a joint youth party middle school and high school for the Super Bowl uh, it's kind of an open house so you can pop in and watch a little bit if you want and take off grab some food it's not something you have to stay the whole time for uh, very casual but it's a lot of fun and along those lines, we also have our soup, S-O-U-P-E-R, uh, bowl collections. Uh, it's something we do every year to help um, uh, uh, food poverty in the area. And our youth will be outside of each service with big soup cans, just ready to collect any change. All those cups you have up, up on the laundry that you're putting money in, anything like that, socks that you put change in in the door, bring that next week. You can throw it in the soup can. We put that all together and it goes directly towards the community. It's another youth fundraiser that we have here. Uh, and I will also let you all know that I continually to be fed by the comments that I hear when, when you folks lead about the way that you all are being nourished in this service. And, and what we would like to try to do um, is, is maximize that the best we can as far as letting folks out there know what kind of special worship we have here together in this place because it truly is unique um, and it truly is a blessing we will be one of the things we'll be doing is we will be filming the service uh, next weekend so that other people have the chance to actually see this service um, yeah it really is a special thing so i invite you to please make sure that you are here if you'd like to bring a friend uh, it's it's going to be our normal inspirational wonderful worship service uh, but in these times, folks, God is calling us here to do something very special. And not everybody is feeling special when they are looking for a place to worship. And it is really, really important that our brothers and sisters in Christ know that they are welcome to serve here and that every single person in the community, in the world, no matter where they are on their journey, is welcome at this table with us. And as much as we can do to get that word out, I think it's really, really important that we try to do that. So that's going to be our first step. Um, hopefully we'll be able to, to, that'll just be a beta experiment where we can kind of continue to run with it and folks can see the service every week, but we'll kind of work our way up to it. And um, it's, it's really time for us to, to, uh, to lift, lift the bushel off the light in this place and, and let folks know um, the important things and the important ways that God is moving in this place. So thank you for bearing with me for that, and thank you for bearing with it next week uh, when we will be videoing the service. Uh, but please bring all your wonderful energy and, and let folks know um, how special God is in this place. That being said, is there anything I missed really important? Golf tournament. That's a very good one. Thank you, Betsy. Um, we also have our biggest, biggest fundraiser coming up. February 24th is our Youth Annual uh, Community Cup. Uh, we, uh, a huge chunk of our mission trip during the summer is taken uh, from that fundraiser, and we really, really need folks to support it. You can sign up. You can sponsor. There is a table outside that you can get the card that we have that will allow you to tag into the website, to sponsor, to sign up. Uh, you can check with Charlene in the office. Any which way you want to try to be involved, uh, we will be happy to accommodate you. So uh, please, please, please support the golf tournament. It's a very big one for us. Thank you so much.
Uh, our scripture for today, we are still continuing uh, along with Mark. Uh, we are in Mark 5, and Jesus is doing things that is really starting to cause a stir, uh, both by positivity and also by skepticism. And uh, what, what I think uh, Jesus is talking about in this passage is the way we are inclusive in our faith and the way we need to believe that Jesus is equipping us with what we need. And if that we are true to our faith, we can accomplish anything through Jesus. Let us hear the word of the Lord for today. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, please lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it, but the woman knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Beloved, wherever you are in the world this morning, across the sea, down under, or scattered across this United States, whether you are across the courtyard or here in the sanctuary, we are one body, for we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God or one another united in Christ. Please pray with me. We thank you, God, for this spectacular day that you have made and all that's in it, for the gift of your word and your word made flesh, for your peace beyond human understanding. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear your message of hope for the future, a future we cannot yet fully see. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be an acceptable offering. You, O oh God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want to apologize to those of you who are tuning in from up north or out west right now because every week, as we gather, it seems to me that I've been giving the weather report from around the country. 
And last night I know that it was below freezing in Maine and Minneapolis and in Denver where it was snowing hard last night. And I know that you're cozied up around a fire this morning participating in worship today. And those of you that I know are tuning in from California are in the middle of being drenched by an atmospheric river with another one to come. Our prayers and our thoughts are with all of you. For the rest of you right here on the Treasure Coast, welcome to spring. The thermometer finally hit 70 degrees yesterday, draw, drawing us to outside dining again and the garden show currently in full swing across the bridge to the island and under the oaks. The book of Ecclesiastes reminds us that for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So for those of you who live far from the tropics, be of good cheer. By the grace of God, spring will one day come to you too. Yesterday we gathered for our annual leadership retreat just across the way in Community Hall where many of you are worshiping, as we've said right now, and we affirmed together as a people of faith that the purpose of the church is to embody the love of God for the world and to equip people to follow the way of Jesus. That's not something we voted on by committee over a long period of time of discussion. That is the purpose of the church, the Christian Church Universal. The purpose of the church is to embody the love of God in the world and to equip people to follow the way of Jesus. As a uniting and united Church of Christ, we do that by the power of God's Spirit as create courageous, curious, compassionate, and creative Christians. You've heard those words before. So our why, why we are here, the purpose for which this church exists is to embody the love of God in the world. Please repeat that. We are here to embody the love of God in the world and to equip people to follow the way of Jesus and to equip people to follow the way of Jesus. How we do that is by being courageous and curious and creative and compassionate as Christians. That's the distinct way that God calls this church to embody the love of God in the world in this place. So this morning I invite you to join me as we walk with Jesus through a season of compassion as he shows us and teaches us the way to embody the love of God for the world. You might remember the familiar story last week about Jesus' feeding of the 4,000. And in that text it said they had been following him for several days. He'd been teaching and he had compassion on them because they didn't have anything to eat. And so he gathered up a few loaves and fish and blessed and gave it to them. And there were baskets full gathered up after all were satisfied, enough for everybody to take some home in uh, you know, a baggie. Uh, for, the, for their next meal. Compassion is always followed by action. The word compassion appears a dozen times in the New Testament, and every time there is compassion on the part of Jesus, there is an action associated with it that changed everything. Hungry people were fed. The sick were healed. A child who had died was restored to life. And when people witnessed Jesus' compassion, they emulated him. They wanted to be like him. They became more compassionate people in turn. And they began to care for one another as Jesus had cared for them, the balm in Gilead they had already received. As people of faith, we affirm, we affirm that our purpose is to embody the love of God in the world. And as a friend of mine said to me once, 
Compassion is love wearing work clothes. In today's story, we witness Jesus' compassion on full display for those on the margins and for those who suffer. This is a great story of contrast between a man of authority and influence and financial means whose 12-year-old daughter is critically ill and a woman of the lowest of low estate whose decade of painful hemorrhaging left her alienated from her community and bankrupt from physicians who were not able to give her a cure long before there was health care or insurance. She was physically, emotionally, and spiritually depleted. As the woman reached for Jesus' garment to be healed, the panic-stricken father called Jesus from up ahead, and servants tried to hurry Jesus along through the crowds to reach Jairus' daughter in time. And while Jesus was on his way, this woman, at the opposite end of the social spectrum, reached through the crowd and touched him, and two things happened. Jesus felt power immediately leave him, and he turned to ask, Who touched me? And the woman immediately experienced healing as she fell on the ground before Jesus and told him her story. This time, Jesus acted and then experienced compassion, blessing her with peace as she went her way. Action and compassion. In the meantime, the 12-year-old girl died. The anguish of the father's grief reached Jesus who had been delayed and had not arrived before her death, they were devastated as a family. You can only imagine. Once again, Jesus' compassion changes not only this family's story, but the story of the world. The world believes that death always wins, that the lowly and the least aren't worth saving, that those on the margin are by their very presence inconvenient and costly. Jesus' heart was moved by this story, both of the suffering of the last and the least, and also of the greatest among them. His compassion for both embodied the upside-down kingdom of God. Upon reaching the home of this devastated father, Jesus urged him to trust and not fear. And then he healed the girl, restoring her to life. You may have noticed this morning a few bags of Cheerios hanging loose around the chancel. How many of you noticed that? We're curious about that. Three people tried to tidy up the place. I had to stop them. They're not supposed to be here, they said. They violate our sense of propriety, and our tendency is to dispatch and dispose of them if we can. One of the staff approached me about what I wanted to do with them, confused by their presence. Jesus was always on the lookout of the lost and the least. So there are three or four of you that have a baggie next to you, and your job right now while I'm talking is to bring it down and put it on the communion table. You know where you are. You sat down next to a baggie. Bring it on down. Come on now. That would be you. Come on. Jesus is the shepherd who left the 99 and went after the sheep who needed help finding their way home. Jesus is the one who healed the leper, living on the ash heap outside of town. Some people of tremendous faith, as a last resort, reached out for Jesus like the suffering woman who touched his garment, or the man who couldn't walk, so they cut a hole in the roof and they took it down right through the middle of it and placed Jesus right in front of them. 
We're always going after the lost and the least and those on the margins and bringing them right into the center where the love of God waits for them every single time. Not just them, those other folk, but we each in turn, you and me. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand if you've been once lost. I know I have. We've all memorized Jesus' great commandment to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love our neighbor as our own self. Jesus shows us the faces of compassion, the embodiment of God's love for the world-wearing work clothes, and then he sends us out to do the same. Love is the agent of transformation in this world because we think we know what love means in our head. The word compassion more effectively com communicates the way love shows up through the heart. Love your enemies, have compassion for your enemies, compassion your enemies. Compassion means to feel with, not just to suffer with, but also to connect empathetically with the suffering of another, with the goal of alleviating suffering. We humans sometimes have the tendency to mistake being nice with being compassionate. Being nice is not a bad thing. It can lead to incremental change, which is important, like adding 2% to the tip when they've already logged in a certain percentage you've been assigned to, that will make that wait staff's day better. By contrast, compassion that leads to transformation changes the world. So you see occasionally on the news a story about someone at Christmas time who leaves the wait staff $500. That changes more than the moment. And then the transformative moment happens when a business owner decides to pay all of the workers twice what they make so that they have a living wage and can afford to pay their rent. But you can bet every other business owner in town is really mad because that raises the bar for everyone. Incremental change adds on to what we're already doing, and that's important. It's like moving the chess pieces around on a board to practice new ways to win the game. Through transformation, everything becomes different. What changes is the way we see the world. Nothing may change perceptibly right away, but everything will be different because we'll see differently. Those who have eyes to see, see. The compassion of Jesus causes a shift in consciousness. Jesus really scared people when he got rid of the chessboard so the pieces could move around more freely. You see, transformation is always preceded by a time of confusion, by understanding that what has been happening is no longer viable, but we can't yet see what's before us. As a church, we have our why, we know our how, but we're at an in-between time when we don't yet know fully what God is calling us to do and be. It's at first a time of uncomfortability and anxiety. Many of us see our current political system is no longer working, yet we can't fully see what lies ahead and it makes us anxious. It's a time of great cultural confusion. We don't like to be confused. So we tend to want to go back to the last place where we felt safe and had certainty. For example, here at church, some of you remember the day, back in the day when the Sunday school was burgeoning with children and we longed to go back to the 1960s when you could build a church on any corner and everybody would come. 
on the heels of COVID epidemic that killed over a million people and hospitalized over six million. Our church is different than it was back then. When we look out about and we see an empty pew where a friend used to sit, we're confused. We may ask, what are we doing wrong? And we sometimes long to return to that time when it seemed as if everything was right with the world. It's a little bit of an in-between time when we begin to see, before we begin to see what is happening as a consequence of God's transforming power emerging. We're now telling the story of God's unlimited compassion and changed lives through technology that inspires hope and unites us not only here in-house, but across the globe. You see, God is now doing a new life-giving thing. The compassion of Jesus is the agent of transformation. We come to church every Sunday, walk through the doors, with a world map, a world understanding. And through the compassion of Jesus, we leave with a gospel map that shows us a more excellent way to live. As we express a desire to embody the love of God for the world, Jesus shows us through the parables that we're, we're now in the middle of this series, three faces of compassion that will change the world. Two of my mentors, Rob and Kim Boyle, teach us that the three faces of compassion are these. Tenderness, fierceness, and mischievousness. Jesus was tender in the face of pain, fierce in the face of injustice, and mischievous in the face of resistance. Joy Lambert, you are tender in the face of pain. Jim Applegate, you wake up there in the booth, you are mischievous in the face of resistance. Scott Turner, you are fierce in the face of injustice. So whether you're on a ministry or not, you're still going to stand and advocate for the lost and the least. I know that about you. Jesus was tender with the leper. After healing him, Jesus sends him to wash and to give him space to settle into his transformed light. It, it has to take root. So he said, don't tell anybody just yet. The locus of healing has to be internal as well as the elimination of sores on your skin. Tenderness is located in our body. If the only compassion you have is tenderness, then your compassion is limited because you'll get hurt. Tenderness in the face of evil is not appropriate. Someone will stomp on all, all over you. So another face of compassion is also needed. So today is an invitation to broaden your repertoire. We all have a preferred uh, face. Jesus was fierce in the face of injustice, healing on the Sabbath at risk of arrest for breaking the law. Jesus also longed for the day when there would be no obstacle for people to come into worship. They wouldn't have to buy an expensive sacrifice in the courtyard before they could come in. And he, it upset him so much that he turned over all of the money changers' tables for selling tickets for them to get inside the temple. Fierce compassion gives us the energy to create a just future. Right, Scott? Biblical justice is about the future, not about retribution for the past. Anger is a rail against a perceived injustice in the past. 
fierceness is the single-minded pursuit of a just future. Fierceness is a way of standing in the world as an advocate for those without power to advocate for themselves. The third face of compassion is the mischievous way, Andrew Galuska. <laughs> Amen. Mischievous compassion finds delight in the other. It's a little more co covert. It looks like lighthearted teasing. And when Jesus is tongue-in-cheek, he called the Syrophoenician woman a dog. Now, she's been told all her lower-class life that she's a dog. Jesus matched her voice and agreed with her. And when we agree with someone's outrageous point of view in a lighthearted, compassionate way, they can sometimes see the falseness of that view and become free of it. So when he repeats that back to her, she sees the absurdity of being called a dog, and she asserts, well, I'm worthy. And through Jesus' compassion, he confirms that she is indeed worthy and that her faith has made her well. When Jesus approached the woman caught in adultery, he showed all three faces of compassion, and sometimes all three are needed in order to save her life. He's tender, he's fierce, and he's mischievous. He can't tell those who want to stone her to death not to do it, or those folks would stone both of them. He sees the danger. So he says mischievously, go ahead and stone her. That confuses them. When he has agreement, he pauses, and then he reframes, and then he says, first rock has to come from the one among you who has no sin, tongue-in-cheek. That elicits confusion as well. He's agreed with them. And after all the men have dropped their rocks and gone home, seeing the absurdity of what they were about to do, he extended tenderness towards the terrified woman who was about to be killed. But finally, Jesus gets fierce with her. Knock it off, girl. Go and sin no more. The purpose of the church is to embody the love of God for the world as followers of the way of Jesus. Experiencing compassion and then acting with compassion towards the one God places in front of us is the only thing on earth God asks us to do. This is the work of our lifetime. So just for today, put on the compassion of Christ. Wrap yourself in God's love wearing work clothes for you. And then quit the house and compassion your neighbor as yourself. Amen. We come now to the invitation to the supper that Jesus shared with his disciples. And the invitation is simple. Come and eat of the feast. Not a meal to nourish the body, but one to feed the soul. We receive the bread and the wine connected to the ages, to the saint of old who felt unworthy, to the seeker who comes with the question, to the youth who wonder What's this all about anyway? To the child who eats with unburdened faith. Woven into this time the hopes and tears of generation. There is a great joy here. 
No one is turned away, for God is the host. Tender, transforming God who invites us to gather at this table to taste the feast. The same abundant promises offered to our ancestors in faith. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had blessed it, he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant that is sealed in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim my death and my resurrection until that day I come again. Let us pray. Tender, transforming God, you have invited us to gather at this table to taste the feast, the same abundant promises offered to our ancestors in faith. Time and time again, you've offered your grace, even as we have stepped away. You continue to call us to be your people. You have never left us. We praise you for the second, third, and fourth chances. You are ever patient, always faithful. We give thanks for this time of celebration, for the one this meal remembers, for the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. With those who have gone before us, whose hands touch the bread, whose lips embrace the cup, we worship you and we glorify your name. Amen. Here at Community Church, we celebrate an open communion table. We believe that there is nothing you have done or said and nowhere you have ever been that can separate you from the love of Christ. You are welcomed here. You don't have to have all the answers or have everything figured out in your life. You are welcomed here whether you belong to this church or another church or no church. Christ welcomes all who long to participate in his life and resurrection. You are invited to come forward using the center aisle and then return to your seats using the outside aisle. Take both the bread and the wine and hold them until all have been served when we will share in the feast together. And if you cannot come forward, someone will come to you. Come now, for all things are ready. The gifts of God for the people of God. Stop it. 
as you are to his table 
the body of Christ for you and the blood of Christ for you. Take and eat. Let us continue in prayer. Holy One, in whom we live, move, and have our being. Having feasted at your table today, our heart overflows with gratitude for your love and sacrifice, which passes all understanding. May we leave this place with a renewed commitment to walk in the path exemplified in the life of Jesus. May we seek daily to live with love, compassion, and humility. We are forgiven, so may we be forgiving. We are blessed, so let us be a blessing. Grant us the courage to live into the fullness of your calling as we pray these things in the name of the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, one last time this morning together, let us unite in voice and in song, praising the Lord together as one congregation. If you are willing, if you are able, please rise.
Amen. My benediction today comes in the form of gratitude. I thank you all for loving God so beautifully. I thank you all for loving each other so compassionately. But most importantly, I thank you all for showing me every day what the embodiment of God's love on this earth looks like. Go in peace now, my friends, and may the grace and love of God be with you now and always. Amen. Don't forget to stop by the Soul Cafe.